I get the privilege to, uh, to talk with you guys about the love that God has for, uh, for us, how much God loves us. And that's, that's really easy. I think I probably have the easiest job um, because God loves us so much. And we're going to get into that. Um, let's pray first. God, you're, you're just so amazing, God. You're, I'm just a, a man, God, that's going to try to speak to how awesome you are and, and how much you love us, God. And I, I, My words are going to fall short, Lord, but I pray, I pray that you that you wouldn't fall short tonight and that you would speak to someone's heart tonight, that you would make known your love to them. Use my weakness, God, to speak how great you are. I don't care what anyone in this room has been through. You can reach them, God, and I just just pray that your love would be made known tonight. You are so good. Make it known, Lord. I pray this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go quick. And in that spirit, I'm going to read some verses. You don't have to go there. I'm going to just read them pretty quickly. So um, it might be easier just to listen. If you have a uh, electronic de- electronic device, it might be you know you might be able to keep up, but um, but I just wanted to say that on the outset. So talking about God's love, I first what I want to do is I want to I want to talk about God. Let's talk about God for a couple minutes, okay? Let's talk about some of His attributes. So. With no point of reference, God created time and space, okay? So he actually spoke the universe into existence. Astronomers, we try to gather how big the universe really is, and it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. There was a, an image from the Hubble Space uh, telescope that took a, a picture of this little like one 24th millionth of the sky and it just focused there for a while and um, and it looked like there was like 3,000 stars and we were like oh awesome that's incredible but really it was like 3,000 galaxies and that's just one 24th millionth of the sky just unbelievable So God created the universe. He spoke it into existence. Incredible. Uh, What was before the universe? God. That's it. Just try to wrap your brain around that for a minute. Before the universe, before time, before space, God was there. God doesn't even exist in time. God is outside of time. 
the universe, he's outside of the universe. Something that we can't even fathom, he's outside of. God never had a beginning, and he will never have an end. God does not exist in time. 2 Peter 3 says, 3.8, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. God is in tomorrow right now while he's in the past, and he's here with us right now. God exists outside of time, outside of space. He is, like, your mind hurts when you try to think about this, but you just, we just have to accept it at some point. God knows every decision that you are going to make before you were even born. God knew every decision that you were going to make in your life before you were born. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, this is God talking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Me? God, you knew me? And you chose me? That's incredible. God knows everything that you're thinking right now. Job 42, verse 2. I know that you can do all things. This is Job talking to God at at the end of uh, the whole discourse of Job. He says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I'm sorry. Wrong verse. God knows everything that you're thinking. Take a step back. Psalm 139, verse 2. You know when I sit down, and you know when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar, even before there was a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all. Just think about that for just think about that for a minute. God knows everything that's going on in your heart. I don't know about you, but that bothers me. (laughs) Because my heart is not always thinking the best things. But let's just think about this for a second. So God not only knows what you're thinking, right? But he knows what the person next to you is thinking at the very same time. And not only that, God knows what you're thinking and what the next person and the person behind you is thinking. And he also knows what the person sitting in your seat next year is going to be thinking right now. And he knew what the person who was sitting in that same seat last year was thinking at this very time last year. God is an awesome God. He is all-powerful, almighty He has no limits. He has no bounds. He exists outside of time. He is our creator. He made us. He formed us with his words. We stand here before him as as his creation. He is an awesome God. He is a great God, a merciful God. God does whatever he wills. Job 42, now we'll hit Job 42. I know that you can do all things. This is Job talking to God. 
and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That's the definition of being God. You do whatever pleases you. Psalm 135, verse 5. For I know that the Lord is great and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the sea and in all deeps. He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth and makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind. God does whatever he wills. God effortlessly runs the universe. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he does not faint or grow weary. He under, his understanding is unsearchable. It's beautiful. Our God is amazing. He doesn't grow weary. We all can be praying to him at the same time, and he is listening to every one of us. He is, he is dealing with galaxies that we don't know about right now, keeping things in orbit, keeping the universe together, all while worrying about a, a, a prayer that somebody else right now is praying. Beautiful. I gotta talk louder. Okay, so I wanna talk about how God freed his people. So the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, right? We all know the story. The Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, um, they were oppressed. And God said, I'm going to deliver my people out of Egypt. So to showcase his power, you know what God did? He used lice. He took down the most powerful nation in the world at the time with darkness. God showcased his power with frogs. You and I, if we were God, we would say, I'm taking down the most powerful nation in the world. I'm going to bring down, I'm, I'm raising hell. And everyone's going to know it. God, God is like, God takes down the most powerful nation in the world with frogs, with lice, with darkness. God showcased his power to Pharaoh by showing him that he didn't need to, to pull out the big guns. God just uses, used lice to take down a nation, I don't know, stronger than America at the time. God could take down America with lice. He could. And frogs and darkness. That is the God that we're talking about. We're talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. Nothing is out of his reach. There is no limit for him. He is, he is awesome. So as our creator, God has, we are his creation and he has established a way of life for us. He says, you are my people, I've made you, and this is how I want you to live. A code of conduct, however you want to call it. This is how I want you to live. This, this, 
I've given this earth to you. You are my creation. You are to rule over it. Now live this certain way, right? We all know God's law. You have it written on your heart. You know right from wrong. God has given that ability to you. You know stealing is wrong. You feel it in you. You know that anger. You know that. God's given that to you. He's given you a moral compass so that you know what's right and what's wrong. Us as his creation, how have we done? We've done... uh, We've done pretty bad. You know, we've done, I, I think that would be an understatement. Our world acts like there is no God. We act like he doesn't even exist. Or if he does, he's like, he is like a taboo. You don't talk about God. At work, it's, so, it's like so weird, it's weird to bring up God. It's a weird thing. Isn't that crazy? What we're standing on, the, the earth God made. God made all of us. He breathed life into us. He sustains it. His mercy is in every day. He should wipe us out. And yet, we don't even, like, we don't even talk about him. We, you, like, you can't talk about him. It's, like, it's even more socially unacceptable than politics. You don't talk about God. Keep your mouth shut about that. That is not acceptable. That is just so mind-blowing. When you think about this God who has made the heavens and the earth, who has made us, who has formed us, he's created us, and look at what we've made of this world. We just are like, nope, I don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with you, God. We are just going to, we're just going to go and and make a a life for ourselves. We're going to be happy, and we're going to just do what we want. We have not submitted to God and acknowledged him as God. Romans 3, verse 9, says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have all charged that all, both Jew and Greek, are under sin. Okay, so he just said Jews and Greeks, that's everybody. We're all under sin. For as it is written, so this is a quote from the Bible, older part of the Bible in Psalms, what God said about humanity. Are you ready for it? Okay. This is what God says about his creation. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, and they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes." I know that's brutal, but that's the truth. That's me. I don't know about you, but that's me. That's my story. There's nothing good in me. There's nothing good in us, in mankind. We have looked upon this God and we said we want nothing to do with him. 
okay, so what happens when one of the best, Isaiah, right? A righteous man, a good man, a prophet. Let's see what happens when he goes before God. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. At the sound of their voice, this is uh, the, uh, verse 4, this is the seraphim. At the sound of their voice, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So Isaiah is in the presence of God. It's, he's in the temple. It's shaking because of the voice of these er seraphim angel folk. And Isaiah says this, this righteous man, I'm talking righteous, holy man. Woe is me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. This is what the best among us say when they get in the presence of God. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Search your heart. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we really know the truth about, even on our best days, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Can I tell you some good news, though? I'm going to tell you something really awesome. God is both the strongest force of might and the strongest force of mercy in one. God is almighty. We've been talking about how mighty God is and really what our place in this world is. We have totally neglected and, and just followed our own dreams. But let me tell you something about our God. He is, is powerful beyond all means and has the ability to just wipe us out, and he totally should. That is what he should do. He should get rid of us and start new, right? Start with Moses. Just start new. Start a new race. But can I tell you something? God is so merciful. For every ounce of, of judgment and wrath that God could pour out on your life, he wants to pour mercy out on your life. We're talking about the love of God now. As strong as his wrath can be, his mercy can be poured out for you and for me. Thank you, God. Thank you. God found a way to uphold his justice, right? Because God being the creator, the, the one who makes all the rules, when you break the rule, you got to pay for it, right? God found a way to not make you pay for it by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to take on our punishment. God took on our punishment by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. It's beautiful. He pours his wrath out on his son, not on you. And he asked that you just trust his son, Jesus. It's the craziest thing. It's the craziest message the Christians have. We are like the, it's the craziest religion ever. 
It's not about like, we have to do this, and all the other religions are about doing, 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 and do God is just asking you to trust that his son took on your punishment and your disobedience, believe in him, and you will find mercy and grace. It's beautiful. Can I tell you guys a story? Let me just tell you a story. There was a, a notorious woman in a certain town, and she was a notorious woman because she was a prostitute. And there was also an, another notorious man in the same town, but and the opposite of her, he was a good man. This man married this woman. He married this prostitute. He took her on as his, as his wife, and he loved her, and he knew exactly who she was. He took her away from her lifestyle, he cleaned her up, he gave her a new life. They had three kids together during their marriage, but he didn't know if all three kids were his, because while they were married, she was still off uh, with other men and doing, you know, she was off with other men. She finally decided to leave him. and practice her prostitution. And you know what this man did? This man went and found her in the brothel, paid her way out of the brothel, and took her back as his, as his wife and husband. Do you know who this story is about? Hosea and Gomer. This story is in the Bible. And do you know who else this story is about? It's about me and it's about you. God told Hosea to marry Gomer because he wanted to embody his love for his people. God loves you and I so much that he likens it like Hosea marrying this prostitute woman is like God joining with us. I know that sounds crazy, but this is in the Bible. And this is, this is the relationship between us and God. We are so unfaithful and God is so faithful. We turn and God chases after you. God chases after you. I love this story so much because it shows me the love and the mercy of God. It really does. It's awesome. Hmm. Just think about that. Let's just think about that for one minute. God is saying to his people, he's saying to you and I tonight, that this was an embodiment of his relationship with us. That he is so faithful like Hosea. He's such a good God, so faithful and so true. And that he is so willing to join people who are so unfaithful. Can you imagine what it would be like to be, to be Hosea? He had to obey God in this and to go marry a prostitute. He really had to go do this. He married her and he, was, he married her, joined himself to her. 
And that's how God is with us. God has joined himself to you and I, and he says, I love you. God says, I love you. He doesn't care where you were. He does not care that we spent our life wasting it in prostitution, prostitution, so to speak. God will find you in the brothel, and he'll say, I want you. I love you. I don't care that you've walked away from me. I don't care. That's our God. That's who he is. He chases after his people. He loves you. He is awesome. We are not awesome. He loves you. Our love for him is so small compared to his love for us. I just want to read one last thing. Ephesians 2, 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Here's the verse I want to focus on so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. When we are in eternity, when we are with God in eternity, we are going to say, I am here not because of how good I am. I am here not because of how great I was. I am here because of the immeasurable grace of God. You and I are going to stand on the shores of eternity. We're going to be three million years old. And we're going to stand praising God and lifting song to Him and worshiping our God and say we are here not because of how great we are. We are here because of His mercy and His, and His grace. God has poured out all of His anger on His Son, Jesus Christ, and He has not poured it out on me or on you. And He's asking you to believe to say, I take it. Jesus, I take it. You take my punishment. I take your life. I take your righteousness. You take my sin. God is asking you right now to just believe that Jesus Christ takes your sin away and that God shows no anger towards you, but shows only love and kindness and mercy. You are going to stand in eternity, looking at God, praising Him and saying, it was your grace. All I did was believe. All I did was accept that you took away my sin. This is the love of God. Eternity. You are going to spend eternity with Him because of His love, because of His mercy, because of His forgiveness. God is a mighty God. He is a God that created the heavens and the earth everything that we stand on, everything that we see, but trust that He is a loving God that will go through hell to rescue you. He has joined Himself to you like a holy man joins himself to a prostitute. That is our God. Be blown away with His love and His mercy. Be blown away by His love and His mercy. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that You would instill this, this truth, God, in, in our heart, that you would speak, just speak to someone right now, God, that, that you are not holding their sin against them, but that you rather 
are showing them mercy and love, and that all the sin and all the punishment is paid for. All they have to do is just say yes. Say yes. That's it. I pray this, God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.